Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you, and today is Friday, December 4th, and Week 13 is here. The Jags visit the Minnesota Vikings this Sunday. We've got plenty to review from a busy week, including the aftermath of the firing of general manager Dave Caldwell. Head coach Doug Marone heaps praise on rookie running back James Robinson. Plus, Beth Moens of CBS Sports will be the first woman to call a Jaguars game on TV or radio. She shares her influences and the drive it takes to work in sports television. Let's start with the biggest news of the week. In the aftermath of the Week 12 loss to the Browns, Jaguars owner Shad Khan fired general manager Dave Caldwell. He joined the organization back in 2013. On a Monday conference call, head coach Doug Marone reacted to the news. You know, obviously we're struggling to win football games. I think that we understand that. Obviously, it's a very competitive business. I think that, you know, we have an owner that, you know, wants a good product for our fans, wants to, you know, wants to win. There's no mistake about it. And we haven't done it. And I think that when those things happen, um, these types of decisions are going to be made. Uh, Dave and I uh, had a good relationship. You know, I, I, you know, it's not like, you know, we haven't been through this before, meaning, you know, people that have been in the league. You know, it's obviously unfortunate, but, um, you know, it's, it is part of the profession. And we wish, you know, like I said, I spoke to Dave and, you know, I wish him and his family the best of luck. Uh, we had a good relationship. You know, it's, it's very difficult. And, you know, my focus right now is, is not on all the things that may be going on on the outside, but, you know, trying to get the team to win football games and um, be there for the coaches and, and the players and do my best job there. On Jaguars Happy Hour Monday afternoon, Pete Prisco, Tony Baselli, and I discuss the change. Is it too late? Is it too early? Is it on time? Is there ever a right time? Well, you can understand why they did it now. You look around the league, the Lions just did it, blew out the GM and coach. The Texans have already done it. They're looking for a general manager um, and a coach. And the Falcons. The Falcons. Right. So now you're in a race that's trying to identify the best guy to fill that position who will then hire his coach. And Doug Marone is staying. And I think, in my mind, part of the reason he's staying is when they fired Gus Bradley, Doug Marone came on as the interim coach. And I he beat the Titans, I think, and, and played close against the Colts, and they had some life, and then they decided to keep him. Well, this gives them no option of keeping anybody. You can't make Jay Gruden or somebody the interim coach, and he can win a couple games, A, ruin the draft pick, and give himself some credibility. Now you're just going to start from scratch. Now I think you go, and everybody goes after the season. You start from the bottom and retool the whole thing. Well, I think what Pete said is – the first part is dead on because you have, I mean, you have four opens and forget about the coach for a second. I think Pete, we can get into this later. I think you're going to have as many as eight openings for head coaches this year. I think there's a bunch of them coming. Um, and so it's a race to get there, but before you can en- even enter that race, you have to have stability at the top of the house on the football side of who your GM is and who's going to be running and leading the football side of the business. The lion's doing that. It even put more urgency because now you have, Four open the GM spots that you're going to be competing for. And I think in a perfect world, you'd like that GM in place right after the season's over so you can enter into the, the coaching carousel or the coaching race to get your next guy. So I thought the timing was right. You never like it. We're talking about people's livelihoods. Dave Caldwell has been around this organization. We all know him. We have relationships with him. And so you never like it. Uh, but Dave knows. I mean, this is a very – I mean, analytics have taken over this uh, all sports and. And some people like it, some people don't. But you know what? The, you know what the most most analytical thing you can measure is wins and losses. Correct. And that's the only metric at the end of the day that matters. 
uh, and when you're on the wrong side of the ledger on that, uh, in that, uh, when you to measure that or that metric, you're going to end up getting fired, and that, that's what happened. So I think timing wise, I understand it. Uh, you're now in for the race to fill that void and finding the right guy to lead the football side of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think the hundred losses and how that became an issue last week kind of spurred on the Khan family to do something. I mean, it's smart to do it, but I think that was kind of the impetus to get it going, Tony. I really do. I think uh, from a PR standpoint, that's a terrible look. What are they? That what was it? JP second quickest to hundred losses in any owner in the NFL. Right. And I think he's the first one who didn't take over an expansion team to get that fast. It wasn't the last. The the one who has the fa- quickest was an he, expansion. Yeah, it was Hugh Culver. Yeah, Culverhouse. Culverhouse. Right. So when you look at that from that standpoint, it really was one of those situations where I think they reevaluated and said, "Look, we got to start doing something to turn the PR around." And and nobody plays PR campaigns. But when you're the owner of the team and you're that guy, you're going to start doing something. So it was the right look, it was the right thing to do in terms of the timing. Why wait until the end of the year? Because you knew they were going to do it at the end of the year. On Jaguars Happy Hour Wednesday afternoon, NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks started throwing out potential candidate names. Here's what I say, and here's what I think is really, really important. If I had two or three minutes to talk to Shotgun, what I would do is this. When you're looking to hire someone to take over Jacksonville, look at someone that's coming from an organization that has had to deal with similar circumstances and challenges. Small market, not necessarily uh, a, a major market where you have all of the resources, you're having to attract people to come here. It has to be more of a homegrown model. Examples would be Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, because those are unique circumstances. So I think it's really important to understand what you're offering and selling and where you are in terms of the landscape. I think the big thing when when I think about the general manager, the general manager has to have a clear vision for how to win games and how to make a team competitively competitive year after year after year. As fans, we want the team to be in the Super Bowl every year. But I think a realistic thing is, can I get a team that consistently wins 10 plus games a year? Because 10 plus games a year will put us in the tournament and give us a shot. Then it's about what is the model that we want to use? Are we a homegrown model? Are we going to draft and develop, re-sign our players, and those guys are going to be our core? Are we going to spend money and try and acquire free agents? All of that stuff matters. When I look at it, JP, you said they come in a couple different things. You have the retreads, guys who've been experienced. You have the young, upcoming guys. And then you have guys that are coming from TV. The retreads, I think, offer some interesting names. John Dorsey from Cleveland and Kansas City. We've seen what he's done. His personality is a little unique, and you have to be comfortable with that, but a great evaluator. Thomas Dimitrov, Atlanta, there may be some pause to do that because Dave Caldwell came from that. You may want to do something different. I think Rick Smith could be an interesting candidate, not only because he's been a GM before, but he's been in that division. He understands the teams in that division. And then I think I'll throw another name out, Scott Pioli. He did it once in Kansas City. It didn't go well. I think he's learned a lot, and that could be the challenge. The young guys, they're going to be a bunch of young guys. I'll throw them out there quickly. Joe Shane from Buffalo, assistant general manager, small market. We worked together in Carolina. He's seen it done a few different ways. Ryan Cowden, who is also in Tennessee, young guy. Joe Shane and him worked together. That name would be floated out. Brandon Hunt is a young young uh, director for the Pittsburgh Steelers small market. And so those guys are intriguing. And then in TV is Lewis Riddick, Daniel Jeremiah, 
are those guys ready to handle all of the responsibilities? We hear their opinions, but are they ready for the job? By the way, Jaguars Happy Hour has been nominated for Best Radio Show in the Folio Weekly Best of Jacks promotion. Visit at Folio Weekly on Twitter or FolioWeekly.com. You can vote once per day through December 11th. Now to the quarterback. Mike Glennon will get the start for a second week in a row. How did it go last week, and how did he find out he was starting again? Plus, Doug Marone said that every position is week to week. There was a, a lot of good things, uh, made some good throws, and then a few throws I had back, you know, obviously you look at those two two-point conversions, and those could have been difference makers in the game. So uh, both plays, you know, wish you could have bad, but that's part part of uh the NFL, you got to move on to the next week. As far as the conversation, there really wasn't much. Doug just told me we're going with you again this week. Uh, I was left at that. As far as week to week, I mean, I understand it. It's a performance-based industry, and all of us have, have shown flashes, and it's about consistency, and, um, yeah, I get it. When we return, a Vikings preview on Jags Drive Time. Plus, Doug Marone loves running back James Robinson. And CBS Sports announcer Beth Mullins explains her influences and drive in sports television. All that after this. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. Be sure to check out Jags at Home. It's an interactive second screen experience on game day featuring Ashlyn Sullivan and Eric Dunn. Each Sunday, you'll have a chance to win $10,000 in cash and prizes. Visit jagsathome.com for more information on how you can play and you can win. Speaking of Ashlyn Sullivan, she visits weekly with a few Jaguars players. This week on Jaguars All Access Television, it's rookie wide receiver Colin Johnson, who took advantage of his opportunity last week against the Browns. Colin Johnson coming off a game with a touchdown catch, and Colin definitely was more involved in the game plan last week. So can we expect more big things from you? And how do you prepare week to week knowing your snap counts may vary? Um, I just always try to prepare the best I can and that if I'm playing every single play. So I assume I'm just going to play every play and just adjust accordingly. So whether it's my job to play 10 plays that game or play the whole game, I'll be ready. And it was interesting you mentioned in your post-game press conference that you feel really comfortable with quarterback Mike Glennon, who is starting again this week. And it goes way back to training camp and in scout team. It seems like maybe you out of any wide receiver might have the most reps with him. Um, I definitely have a lot of reps with Mike, you know, since the beginning of the season until now. And it kind of was just on display a little bit last Sunday because, you know, we've got so much work together. So um, I heard he's, you know, going to be starting again this Sunday. You know, I'm, I'm excited for him and just excited to continue to try to make his job easy by just catching the ball when he throws it to me. You were definitely giving high praise where high praise is due to running back James Robinson. And it seems like you and all the other teammates are giving him praise because he's starting to get that national attention of Pro Bowl and maybe Offensive Rookie of the Year. But at least to me in the outside world, it seems like 
he's the same even keel guy and, and hasn't changed because of those accolades. For sure. And I think that's why he gains the respect of the locker room so much because just the ability to perform the way he does and just continue to just work the way he does and um, always just a humble guy. And it's just, like I said, it's contagious to the guys in the locker room. So he definitely mm -hmm. deserves all the praise that's coming his way. And um, he's just going to continue to keep balling the rest of the season and, and help this team for sure. You said that you had lost the touchdown ball from Sunday. <clears throat> Did you find it? I actually did. Uh, I found it. Well, George found it, our EQ guy, and he's always on it, man. So I, I thanked him personally for helping me out because it feels like every time I score, I lose the ball and then George saves me. So um, I definitely have it and it's in that it's in my closet in my apartment, too. So now I got both of my touchdown balls. Nice. So what's the plan for the touchdown balls? Are you going to make like a nice little shrine, like a man cave? What's the game plan there? For sure. You know, once the day comes when I get a house, I'm obviously going to dedicate, you know, a room to just maybe the jerseys I collected from, you know, my my college teammates or the guys I respect around the league over the few over years. And also just the touchdown balls, whatever I, I want to put in there. But I'm definitely going to have a man cave for it. Nice. Big plans coming for Colin Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Thank you, Ashley. Jaguars All Access airs Thursday nights at seven o'clock on Fox 30 television in Jacksonville. Let's get to this week's matchup. The 1-10 Jaguars will try to snap a 10-game losing skid on the road in Minnesota against the 5-6 Vikings. They've won four of the last five, and they need the game to keep pace in the NFC wildcard picture. On Jags Drive Time Thursday morning, Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton visited with Vikings team reporter Eric Smith for some insight to their recent success. So, Eric, let's dive into this Vikings team starting out one and five this season and now in playoff conversation on a winning streak. What changed for the Minnesota Vikings? That is this quick switch of now starting from one and five to being in the thick of things. Yeah, it's been a weird year. It's been a roller coaster. Maybe that's kind of on par for how 2020 has gone for all of us. <laughs> um, like you said, the Vikings started one and five and it was not a good start. There were turnovers. The defense really struggled early on and they lost to the winless Falcons at home in week six to go to one and five just before the bye in week seven. So the message from Coach Mike Zimmer at the bye was, hey, let's get back to who we are. Let's get back to being a hard, you know, uh, a, a physical, hard-nosed, you know, tough team. And let's, let's go out and win some games. And the team did that. They went out. They won three division games in a row in Green Bay, home against Detroit and in Chicago. And that kind of got the sales going a little bit in the right direction. So now here we are. We're entering week 13. Uh, the Vikings sit at five and six with five games to go. And it's going to be a sprint to the playoff. It's going to be a wild ride. And, and who knows what will happen, given what has happened so far in 2020. Eric, this team has been really good a lot since you've been there. In the last month, is it playing like what Mike Zimmer would call a Vikings team? I mean, is this up to their standard right now? Yeah, I would say so. And, you know, the one person we haven't talked about so far is Dalvin Cook. And... You know, like I said earlier, Coach Zimmer wants this team to be a tough team, a physical team, and that includes running the ball. And that obviously starts with Dalvin Cook. He is the focal point of the Vikings offense for even as well as Kirk Cousins has played, you know, in, in the last month. Dalvin Cook is still the focal point. And I think teams know that because they're really starting to key in on him, especially in the last few games. But yeah, Coach Zimmer wants the Vikings to run the ball and then hit play action shots down the field. And offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak kind of fits that mold really well. And, you know, he's had a lot of success in his career, especially back in the 90s with the Broncos winning Super Bowls with Terrell Davis running the ball. And 
it kind of played right into what the Vikings want to do. They want to run the ball, hit shots on third down, and then play good defense. Now it's on to Thursday night's Doug Marone show. Jeff Lagerman and I asked the Jaguars head coach about James Robinson's season so far, and he had nothing but great things to say about his rookie running back. He's been able to handle everything you've thrown at him so far. He just He's really, truly an amazing person. You know, what I mean by that is just the, the consistency in him, and he's a humble guy. You know, he really hasn't changed his approach. You know, and when you look at what he's been doing, I mean – you know, he did it in high school, he did it in college, and he's doing it here, you know. And for whatever reason, um, you know, we were giving him a little, you know, nudge today. We were talking, I'm like, so would you run like 4'8 coming out of high school? I mean, how could you not have been? I mean, then I said, I said you know, you had 9,000 9, yards. I mean, who has 9,000 yards in high school and doesn't get any offers, you know? And so we, you know, and, he, and he's so such a great kid about that, but you know, he's been so consistent. He really has. And and I really feel that, you know, if we were able to get, you know, if our record was different and we were able to get leads, I mean, his numbers, I mean, uh, he can be up there as far as the top rusher, really in a league, if you look at it. Now he's gotten the third or fourth most carries. And, you know, you look at his yards per carry and, it, and it's outstanding. And you look at what he does in the passing game. So I, I think that if, it's, you know, I'm sure he's not been exposed to a lot of our fans and a lot of people in the community, but I promise you this, that, you know, when you meet him, he's a man of very few words, but uh, he has a great heart. He's bright as, as can be. Um, He's always practices hard. I mean, he's everything that, that, that you would want. I really, really can't say enough about him. I don't know at the end of the year, what, you know, not this year, but at the end of, today what his career is going to be I wouldn't be surprised if it if it's a, a long 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 career and, and a lot of great stats but you know we still have five games left and he still looks very good and, and his totals have been going higher now because um, again you know it's one of the things we looked at early about you know how much how much of how many touches should he have and you know now it's getting more and more and and uh, it's well deserved the Doug Marone show airs Thursdays at five o'clock on the Jaguars radio network We close this week's podcast with Beth Mullins. She'll be the first woman to call play-by-play of a Jaguars game when she puts on the headset for the Jaguars-Vikings matchup this Sunday. We caught up this week for a Publix tailgate show interview. The extended version is available right now on the official Jaguars podcast network. But here we discuss her influences and approach to a career in sports television. Do you consider yourself a pioneer of sorts, or is that too heavy of a burden? You know, I, I, I know that it means a lot um, to other people and, and hopefully is inspiring uh, to young boys and girls that, that want to get into this business. And, and, and I do realize um, the, the significance of it, and, and I'm proud of that. Um, but from my perspective, it, it's always been my day-to-day. It's always been my dream job and, and something that I've pursued uh, with a lot of vigor ever since I was young. So... Uh, as you know, while you're in it and, and you're focused on the task at hand, that does make it a little easier sometimes to, to block out a lot of the noise and then uh, perhaps, JP, go back afterwards and sort of embrace those moments and, and sort of relish in the, the history of it a little bit. When did you first realize that you wanted to do play-by-play? And how, I mean, it's obviously difficult for anybody to move up the ladder, but what was the greatest challenge you faced when you first got in the biz? Well, I always uh, 
like sports and I like talking. So there was a, a perfect blend. Um, lucky enough that I, I grew up as a, a coach's kid and I had three brothers and a, a neighborhood full of little kids that loved kickball and wiffle ball and football and basketball. So there was an always, always a game going on. And, um, I was always yakking away. I, I wasn't a trash talker. I preferred to uh, be much more descriptive in my verbiage. And so I, I knew from a young age. And then uh, mid-70s, the old NFL Today show with Phyllis George, that was the first time, you know, you, the, the old adage, if you see it, then you can believe it and, and figure out a way to make it happen. And watching Phyllis uh, was the first indicator for me that it was something that I could do. And then it's just a matter of, um, you know, plowing forward with everything you've got. The, the other lucky break, for better or worse, um, I, I never had anything else I wanted to do, JB. So if there was a, a roadblock thrown in my way, it was just a matter of figuring out how to get under it, around it, through it, or over it, and, and continue on my way. Um, I was blessed to have a lot of great role models, most of them men, uh, when I was first coming up that uh, took a shine to me and, and wanted to share a lot of knowledge and information with me that, that was greatly beneficial. So we're ready for the Week 13 game, the 1-10 and 10 Jaguars and the 5-6 and 6 Vikings. On Radio Sunday, the Public's Tailgate Show starts it off at 10 o'clock. You'll hear the full conversation with Beth Mowens of CBS Sports, plus Jaguars safeties coach Joe Dana discusses calling plays on defense last week. At noon, Jaguars Radio Network coverage takes over with Countdown to Kickoff. It's a 1 o'clock kick time, and of course, after the game, Jaguars postgame with yours truly, Mike Dempsey and Fred Taylor, and then your calls on the scoreboard show as NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks joins us. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick, and we'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.